Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Toffee Web Podcast. Hello Evertonians and welcome to the first Toffee Web podcast of this strange mid-season break to accommodate the World Cup where ordinarily we might spend the time hankering for the return of our beloved Blues but perhaps we're welcoming the break from the ever-increasing stress over the team's form and what is shaping up to be another battle to avoid relegation. Last Saturday's defeat to Bournemouth was another sobering reminder that despite some optimism after the transfer window closed and a seven-match unbeaten run, Everton's problems run deep and there are concerns about Frank Lampard's ability to navigate us out of the troubled waters again. The manager's future is the first of a handful of topics we'll be covering over the international break, and by we today I mean myself, Lyndon Lloyd, Andy Howard and Adam McCulloch, and hopefully Paul Trail will be joining us a little bit later. Andy, with those back-to-back defeats in Bournemouth coming on the back of a fairly alarming home defeat to Leicester, where are you on the concern scale at the minute? Very. Um, (laughs) My concern level is high. Um, I am constantly thinking about Everton. I'm constantly thinking about other teams' results again. I've started doing that. Uh, It's it's like I've kind of come to a doctor's surgery, isn't it? And I'm kind of going over old symptoms. Um, it, it, that whole psyche feels like it's back in my yeah. head of, of kind of where we were when we were really approaching the end of last season. Maybe not right at the end, but when we were getting to the point where we thought, okay, we we are in trouble here. There's no getting around this. Um, I, I, to be honest, in some ways, it, it, it never really feels like it's been any different even when like at the when we went on that kind of seven game run where we didn't lose i still felt as if we we've got to try and get to 10 wins as soon as we possibly can um mm. and it still still felt at times that that would be a task um and it still feels a task um and i'm really concerned i'm i, I mean obviously i'm really concerned with the last few weeks panning out like they did. But um, I feel gripped by it again. And I, I actually feel so relieved in a way, in so many ways, actually, that we have this break now. Because I think the, the feeling last season when we got like this, or when I got like this, was that kind of constant churn of emotions week to week, game to game. Uh, and I feel like to break that at the minute is probably good for everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm worried. I don't think at the minute there are three teams worse than us. Um, and that's very, very concerning to be here again. Uh, and I, I, I know we'll go through in this pod who exactly we're going to say is, in quotes, to blame for that. I don't think it's quite as simple as that. But um, however we've got here, we're here 
and I'm there again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that that's that. I I was I was uh I was feeling much the same and I was worried that it would be an hour of three guys saying purely negative things and then like a white night on the horizon. Here's Paul Trail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the toughy therapist to, to help me process, uh, to tell me that having Tom Cannon in the sides like having a new silent. Uh, <laughs> I needed that. That's, that's <laughs> that's took the words out of my mouth, mate. <laughs> Better late than never. How are you, mate? Yeah, fine, thanks. How are you guys, all right? Yeah, good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's all been all, been, all, all those in the garden, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we've, solved, uh. we've solved everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we would, I, we literally, I just asked Andy where he was on the, uh, on the fear and stress scale. It won't surprise you at all, Paul. Pretty high, pretty high, I assume. On, yeah. on sevens and eights, are we? Yes, doctor. <laughs> uh, help me, Paul. Help me. Yeah, fear. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know about stress. I think the World Cup's a bit of a de-stressor right now. I think I can uh, relax a bit um, until fear, though. There is a nagging fear, isn't there? Like you think uh, mm-hmm. go, if you, you know which wasn't there a few weeks ago for sure, you know? So you look, um, yeah, I don't know. Just that game is really sort of reminiscent of some of the, some of the really bad ones last season. You probably already said that, I imagine. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a horror show, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, you got the, the fans and the, the fans, uh, arguing with the players and vice versa, etc. Not a good sight, is it? You know? Um, yeah, I mean, just have to sort of get they just have to get back to the drawing board, don't they? The players and the you know, and the, hope they can, um, hope they can. The trip to Australia can be fruitful. And uh, do you remember when um, David Moyes took the, the if Rooney was getting sold and all sorts was going on, and they went to the, they went to America for like a pre-season uh, pre-season trip, had a bit of a sort of bonding session, went out on the went out on the piss a bit and all that sort of stuff. And uh, they came back like and and, and they finished when they finished fourth that 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 season. Now maybe Lampard has a draw and something like that. Because it's it, one thing it struck it struck me, which I don't think's really really been sort of mentioned an awful lot. It strikes me there's a bit of a there's a bit of a split in the camp there. That became like a to, to me, it looked like there was from the two games at Bournemouth, like they, the, the lot who, who played in mid, mid, midweek, it kind of saying to them, well, you're not ready in the plans. And then Frank, I thought threw him under the bus a bit after that, really. I don't think he needed to do that. And then, lo and behold, they weren't, they weren't involved in, in the next um, the next game, these players. Um, just strikes me, this probably, and it, it's a natural thing, I suppose, if like you you got lads who are playing and lads who aren't. There's, there's probably naturally a bit of this sort of like... Uh, you know, I had a bad feeling for the ones who aren't involved. Um, mostly see them all right, lads, really, from from the face of, but I don't know, voices start to sort of, uh, whispers become voices a bit louder and people start getting a bit, a bit angrier about not being involved, especially when the team aren't playing well or winning games. And it all just felt like it's come to a bit of an ugly head. And I just wondered if there's a bit of a split in the camp and it just seems like the attitude and some of the players look a bit off. More so on the probably on the, the Bournemouth game, the ones who weren't involved, and it can't help, can it? If there's not a happy camp, and that's what strikes me that it's maybe all of a sudden not a very happy camp. That's my uh, that's my conspiracy theory. Um, so that's uh, yeah, I don't know if that's any food for thought. If anyone's got any thoughts on that, it just feels it's not quite as harmonious as it was. And I saw a great video the other day with someone posted on Twitter. It was like a ten minute long of that. Uh, from that that gate second half against Crystal Palace of the goals that went in and all that and it's amazing show they did the, the dressing room afterwards and it's a lot of these players who are all sort of well up for like Michael Keane and all that really 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 uh you know felt like they played a big part of it probably now all of a sudden they're not involved and I just wonder how much of an impact that's had on the dressing room overall um so that's that that's the theory I'm going down for for the uh the quick uh relatively quick sort of, you know, downturn in performances, is that fair to say? It's it's tricky if if you see it as a as a downturn in that what's preceded it really has been okay performances, some points picked up, I think, in the last in the last eight games, including the Bournemouth Cup game, we've scored what, five goals, one of them a consolation against Bournemouth. Um in a lot of those games We've not had a shot on target. Um, we've not been playing particularly well. There were green shoots in that Palace game 
real positive green shoots and we rightfully lauded the team. Um, and going back to what you said, Andy, about how you want to get over that 30-point mark as soon as possible, I feel like it's almost the same within games where if we get a couple of goals ahead, suddenly everyone breathes a sigh of relief and we actually look a bit like a cohesive, fluid Premier League football team, um, particularly going forward. Um, when it's not working, as we've seen um, in the last week, in the two performances against Bournemouth, which, lest we forget, we lost 7-1 on aggregate, um, we suddenly see mistakes creeping into areas of a pitch where there weren't issues. We see Pickford making um, a basic mistake for the first goal. We see defenders who've looked solid, um, looking nervy, like a rot that's set in, like an illness, really, the, the, the sickness. And, and it's frustrating because we've seen it in other Everton sides under other managers. So, it, I, and I think as we're going to get into, for that reason, the whole entirety of the blame can't be laid at the manager's door. But it does certainly bring him into the spotlight, particularly with this, this period coming up, because we, we're going to find out what kind of manager Frank Lampard is. He's got a lot of excuses that he can point to. Um, he's got successes. Um, and certainly that Palace game alone and the the emotions built up, not just in that game, but before that, which obviously the fans were the driving force behind that, but the communication that Lampard had with the fan base, with the players, everyone buying into one idea, that's brought him a lot of goodwill. But we've now got to see whether he can... Whether, whether he's a tactician, because he's been outthought by Bournemouth's interim manager twice in a week. Um, outthought and outgunned, and that's really concerning. So, yes, he didn't have a full season last season. He came in at a very difficult difficult time with another side who, who looked dead on their feet. Um, he's had a bit of a summer to work with it, but those plans have been tricky because of recruitment um, or lack thereof in key areas. Um, now he's got this this time to work with those players, um, the players that he's got, that we're, <laughs> whether they're divided or not, he's got to try and bring them together um, so that when we come back after this spell, that we can rebuild that bridge with the fans and most importantly, like you say, Andy, just get points on the board as quickly as possible. And <laughs> the game against Wolves is another... Yeah, that, 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 very concerned. I'm very concerned too because that's that's a that's a, a frighteningly must win must win game. As as it is for Wolves, mm. who have bottom and they've got yeah, they've got a new manager. Uh, there's a plenty. You know, what I mean, they've got players to invest in the managers. You know, they've had a chance to work with over a period of time. So that that that's a yeah, it's a concern that the, the games that the, the games that music. To be honest here. Nearly all, nearly every game I look at though looks like. Does does every game look tricky at the mm. moment? There's not too many you look at. Go, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, you know, that's a bit of a banker, really. Like you know, we just don't have the firepower, do we? And that's a, that's the problem. Um, I think Mope has been a he, 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 his first couple of games. I thought, oh like, yeah, he, he's you know what were we concerned about? He looks he looks a really good player. He, he he's dropped off a cliff, I think Mope and. For a while, it seemed like everyone, the, the, the excuses were there, like, oh, we're not playing to his strengths, which he weren't. But now you find the ball's into his feet and nothing's sticking there for Mopey at all. And he, he's lost his way. And, yeah, that's that's looking a poor sign, particularly when you look at the other end of the pitch. And that, um, who was the fellow, the, 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 the tall fellow who scored for Bournemouth, um, uh, Kaiser Moore or something like that. Like, he... Um, Kiefer Moore, sorry, Kaiser. Kiefer Moore, yeah. <laughs> he, he cost £5 million in the summer. Yeah, I mean, so you know, it's Mope pays a lot, you know, cost more than that, you know. So, um, you wonder where the scouting was, you know, when, when they found, where did they find him from? It was one of the, not not the Premier League at least, was it? You know, so um, yeah, maybe they got they got a box a bit clever because obviously it just goes to show that you know the, the players are there if you look if if you if you know what you're looking for, you know. So uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's worrying in that in, in that regard of the game the game's coming up and you'd worry like if you could see it with Mashiri, couldn't you? Yeah, you know I mean, we we go through this sort of period, we stick with Frank, and then lose the Wolves, get battered by City, and then you know, I mean, then you could you could see him, you could see him, yeah, you know, see him sacking them straight away or something, you know. So 
it's a bit of a you know, it's a bit of a concern what might happen because I really really don't want Funk to be sacked. I really want him to um, be given the chance to succeed, um, um, given the given the opportunity because we've sacked far too many managers over the last uh, how many years, and um, it's not got us any look where it's, it's just taking us down the table. But you know, we spiraled down the table for various reasons, but certainly the continuing sort of uh, ch- chopping and changing management hasn't helped that, you know. So um, yeah, we've got to give him we've got to give him give him time and give him the chance to uh, to build this build this team and uh, give him the opportunity to get it right because I think he, he deserves it after you know since you're doing so much to keep us up last season he's he's earned the right to sort of have more time at Everton for sure as far as I'm concerned. I think it's an interesting one about the squad. Because I was thinking about this in the week, like what, what and who is the Everton squad made up of now? And over the last, let's say, decade, especially through Moyes and we were getting regular European football and we were regularly in the top half of the table, Everton was a different prospect to sell to players, but also players would naturally get a bit more football by coming to Everton because we had more games. And I think we've got to the point where our squad is made up of first team for players and players that probably have tried to be first team players and haven't made the the consistent grade. Where if you look at Bournemouth in the week, when they played a second string, it mostly, I I think, correct me if I'm wrong, mostly youthful, hungry players that want to prove themselves, the players we seem to bring in are the ones that we know aren't quite good enough. And I think our squad is still in that kind of messy period of a, of a, of a reconstruction where you get the ones that he clearly fancies and the one that he clearly doesn't. And I think there isn't that, there isn't that set of, we haven't had the chance to rec- on the recruitment cycle to get that young, hungry winger who can come in and say, I'm better than Damari Gray and prove it. Or that young, hungry, I don't know, striker who can say, well, forget about Carver-Lewin being injured. I'm, I'm your man. You know, we haven't got that. We've just got players who haven't really been good enough and probably haven't been good enough for years. Which which is one of the cases for keeping Lampard because then you end up repeating yeah. that cycle again exactly. when, when someone comes in and goes, I don't quite fancy McNeil, actually. Yeah. And then repeat to fade. You end up with this strange bloated mutant squad of all lots of different managers um that's, that's a horrible image isn't it uh but it's a horrible it's a horrible image to watch ever at this moment in time so um I th- it is a bit of a frankenstein isn't it there's there's well, it's, it's, it's still Moyes players in there if you can't if you can't chain us i think there's there's still the the legacy of of that of that constant flux and it doesn't it doesn't always work and I think yeah the the League Cup game really showed that up because some of those players who were in and around the squad don't don't look like knocking on the door and and as you as you say Paul that then does cause issues because if there's not that natural um competitiveness if, if there isn't young players coming through who mm. have got a point to prove um although um, and I, I joked before, but Tom Cannon, he, he did do a lot more in, what, 70 seconds than Mopé did in 70 minutes. He got on the end of a cross. He looked positive. Um, so there, I, I think there is talent in the ranks. It's just, it's not really the time to be rolling the dice with that, is it really? We, with with the money we've spent, not just previous years, but certainly this summer, um, we should be seeing more of a return, um, particularly against a second string Bournemouth um, against a Bournemouth who were low on confidence, who'd taken leads in games and lost them. And they, they beaten us seven, one on aggregate um, in a week. As you said, there's, there's a, yeah, there's no good, no good for like Michael Keane, the core they at their ages, just being on the bench, is there? You know, they, 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 they're probably, I, I need to be playing somewhere. And no wonder they're getting frustrated. You're right. It should be a younger Squad. I mean, we just about got rid of Kangtosin. I mean, if, if like I say, I'm just looking for an example of like of Allardyce's signings, for example, where Walcott and Tosin, neither really, which contributed a lot. Okay, Walcott left relatively, you know, after a couple of years. Tosin just hung around, had a few injuries, got paid a lot. You know, what I mean, and, and you can go back further to, yeah, I don't know, a lot of the Cumin. The Cumin signs are probably the, the biggest indicator, aren't they? Yeah, Umar, Umar and the asses and play, and, and you know, the Sandros and players like that. So. 
we've seen that like this legacy that leaves is sort of chopping and changing managers all the time. It just it just leaves that sort of trail of like all these players who aren't needed, aren't wanted by the next manager. So it's uh, yeah, it's one good reason not to <laughs> financially, if nothing else, and all that. It's, it's one good reason not to do it for sure. So. But then you leave yourself in the scenario that we're in now, where if the first team isn't going to be quite good enough, then what do you do? Mm. You know, because with a new manager, you might like a bit like we did last year with a new manager, you might find something from somewhere to get enough points to stay. It's, it's like sliding down a cliff, isn't it? You kind of find a weed to hold on to and you're there for a minute. But, you know, <laughs> you, you, you are, you, we are effectively trying to stay in the same cycle of getting enough points to stay in the Premier League. If it doesn't look that we're going to do that, then what do you do? Do you go, oh, well, well, I don't know what you do. I, I because you kind of have to get rid of the manager if that's the case, don't you? If 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 it's clear that this isn't going to work, do you just say, "Oh, well, you've got to move, you've got to go through your cycle." <laughs> um, if that happens to be in the championship, then whoops. Hmm. I don't know. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think with with the squad, with the squad is concerned. I mean, all teams have this issue where you have players who are you know obviously champing at the bit to get into the team, can't get into the team. Um, and there will come a time where you have to take your opportunity. Uh, I think if you ask most players that they would prefer that that opportunity didn't come when 10 other players were also thrown in um, on the same evening when you haven't played together that season, perhaps not played with each other competitively at all. And I think you could see that, that there was just we were just disjointed at Bournemouth. And, you know, I have some some sympathy f- for that. But then... At some point, you've also got to demand more of yourself to to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and and you know make and try and rescue a situation that really wasn't irretrievable until we conceded the second and third goals in that in that cup tie. Yeah, so so in terms of recruitment, we all knew that we should have got attacking players in over the summer. We didn't. Um, I think there was a. I mean, Lampard can't turn around and say I'm really upset with the fact that we didn't get an attacker because he's just bought. Um, Neil Mope, he's just um, acquired Dwight McNeil, um, and so from a, obviously from a from a you know a PR and a squad management perspective, he has to say that he's happy with the business that was done, even if he's not. Um, so, I mean, anyone anyone who's read my article at Toffee Web will know where I stand on whether he should stay or go. Um, and obviously, I think as I think. Paul, you said, and I'm, we're probably all in agreement that for now we have to keep him for for a number of reasons. Um, <laughs> most most of all, uh, the lack of alternatives uh, and and just that this endless cycle of of chaos that we've been in for the past few years. Um, my sympathy, but my sympathies with Lampard, and I'll get on. We can get on to the um, as we've already hinted at the, the the work that he has to do on getting this team. Just playing better, regardless of the of the personnel. Um, but Ancelotti struggled to get his team playing passing football, especially at home. And what success we had in that season during lockdown, when we were sitting on second in second on Boxing Day, was down to that you know that that record equaling number of away wins. But he just couldn't solve the riddle of our home form. And of course, you know that form of eventually home and away fell off a cliff, and we ended up tenth. Um, and getting absolutely hammered on the last day against Manchester City, where once again we had this issue of players seeming to just throw in the towel and not care. Um, I mean, I was looking at the squad uh, that against uh, Burnley away last season, which was a, another match where we just thought, what the hell is wrong? You know, what's wrong with the, the psyche of these players? Only three of those players started, uh, st- three of those players were involved against Bournemouth last Saturday. So this, 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 I see this on on Twitter. Like quite a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, it's the players, it's the players." They've been done. They've been, you know, um, letting down four, five, or six managers in a row now. I mean, that unless there's something that's deeply ingrained at Finch Farm that no one can get to the bottom of. I mean, <laughs> this is just, you know, these are different players. Um, you would think, particularly with the likes of Cody and Tarkovsky, these these sort of leaders in quotes that we've brought into the team, that we'd have. Just the, the mentality side of it would, would be less of an issue these days, but I think the Bournemouth game showed that it is still a problem. Um, 
uh, when I watched it, I I wasn't sure that I'd seen a lack of effort, but there was a um, a clip that went round of just a few seconds of of Bournemouth playing around, just basically just playing around our press in quotes, and our players were just ambling around. It was just a complete lack of urgency and a complete lack of intensity, and that was fairly alarming. And that is obviously something that Lampard has to get to the bottom of. He has to try and root that out um, because these players need to be on it for 90 minutes, particularly away from home. And there are there are games this season where we have been, um, but that was obviously not one of them. Um, and so I guess that's where you come. That's where you come back to the lack of squad depth. If there isn't enough pressure from below you, then you don't have a reason to keep to you know to 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 put a hundred percent in and to make sure that you're doing absolutely everything to keep your place. Um, if that place isn't under threat, um, so I mean, as I was saying before, you know, Ancelotti had a had a fit Calvert Lewin, uh, and also match winners um, or players who could rescue a point with a moment like Richarlison or Gilpie Sigurdsson or. James Rodriguez when he was fit. I mean, Lampard has only been able to call on Calvert-Lewin in fits and starts. And how many of those games can we say that he was actually fully fit? Um, he really only has Damari Gray. I suppose you can sort of come conjure something special like he did against Arsenal last season. But it's really rare. Um, maybe you add Dwight McNeil to that, possibly. Maybe Alex Awobi. Um, but that's a bit of a stretch. And in general, I think we're just... As I said, we're desperately short on attacking inspiration and quality and no fit striker who's capable of getting double figures in a season. So as I put in the article, I defy any manager to consistently win games with this squad the way it is. Um, so again, it's not to say that Lampard can't get better with the players, get better out of the players that he has, but and, and in terms of the, the shape, um, the tactics, substitutions, these are all valid concerns. Um, that ultimately, I think, are going to decide whether he sticks around or goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, until he has a rounded side with a proper attack, I don't see how we can fully judge him. And I also, unfortunately, don't see how he can get us up the table. So January is going to be huge. He may not ever get a team that he would like. He never. He, he, he might not get to the finished product, which I suppose is the most frustrating thing, because what are we going to be able to do in January? Really, I mean, are you going to get back match winners like Hamez, Richarlison, and I don't know, someone fit up front? No, you're not. Um, Probably not. No, but you've got to try and get someone. Oh at yeah, least two players who can create goals and or score them. And you know, it doesn't have to be a world beater, but it has to be someone who's reliable. Um, because right now. Uh, this is, I mean, this is the the poorest attack that I, that I can remember we've had. We, mm. we we just do not look look capable of scoring goals. And when we concede the first goal, I think that's immediately the first thing the players think of. It's like, how the hell do we get back into this game now? <laughs> we can't capable of putting the ball in the net. And that's where that that confidence then drains from the rest of the side, and that's where the mistakes exactly. start to creep in. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think. Um, I think the worry is, but yeah, from a recruitment point of view, besides um, throwing more money at a problem, we we will probably be shopping around the same market for all the reasons we've discussed where, where we are, uh, the financial restrictions. Um, we'll, we'll be shopping around the same area that we did in the summer, which will mean two players of the standard of Neil Mopé, Dwight McNeil. Um, you could probably get one more lethal Premier League footballer for the combined cost of those two. Um, but but we probably need more than that. Obviously, you need, you need bodies and you need numbers. But it's it's not the case unless unless a, a real cracking deal comes up, which I can't I can't necessarily see. Um, we, we, we're going to be looking at working with what we've got and maybe hopefully adding some sort of option. Um, but but we, we we did that last year, didn't we? And and, and it doesn't always pay off. Deli Ali sort of paid off, I guess, but um not not to the extent that we probably wanted it to. Um El Ghazi, I'll defend on a dying day, I think he's a great son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, El Ghazi Clarkson. Yeah, he'd have he'd have uh, he'd have walked into that side on a Tuesday night. But um I think I think that's but but that's where we'll be shopping around. So we're we're not gonna 
suddenly see an upturn in, in results through that, I think what we're again reliant on is the, the same issues we've spoken about before, trying to get Calvert-Lewin fit, trying to find a way of feeding him and then trying to coax something. I think I think you mentioned it in your article in about some of the players that Lampard has positively impacted, the likes of Iwobi and, and Holgate, the back end of last season. If you yeah. can try and do that during this five-week period with the likes, likes of McNeely showing flashes, Mope, as you said, Paul started well. The goal against West Ham's a great finish. It's just he's he's been starved of service, and then again, the confidence just seems to have gone. Is is he's you can you can see it in his body language, and you can certainly see it in his touch, um, which is yeah, defeated him really, hasn't it? So um, I think getting the most out of those players who we've got is going to be just as important as who we can bring in because there's no guarantee that we're going to be able to do the kind of business that in a dream scenario we'd like to do in January. It's not a, it's not an advert you respond to in the local paper, is it? No. Are, are you a forward player who creates and scores goals? <laughs> or there's this team who doesn't create or score any goals. You, you, you'd just turn over, wouldn't you? Turn to the next page. I mean, who, who do we honestly think is in their right mind, who's a decent forward player, actually think would, well, that would really benefit me if I went to Everton. Do you like corners that don't beat the first man? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard this argument made a few times uh, over the past week. Um, I, I mean, you, you go back to players like Kevin Campbell, you know, there, there are players who are going to be in situations that they, that may, they may not particularly be enjoying. Um, and, 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 you know, he was a, he was a punt. He was, a, he really was a throw of the dice and it worked. Um, and there will be players who just want to get their foot in the door um, in the Premier League if they're playing abroad. Um, or, you know, if it's someone in the championship, uh, again, that's a step up hopefully remains a step up beyond <laughs> beyond the end of this season. You know, coming to, coming to Everton is a step up. So there are going to, I don't think, you know, attracting players is necessarily the problem. It's, it's, uh, it's finding reliable, good players that other teams don't want to uh, let go of or do want, you know, are, are willing to let go of. I think that, that that is your problem in January. It's always your problem in January, um, unless you're going to shell out, you know, 20 odd million on Cenk Tosin and, and Morgan Schneidel and, and those kinds of Theo Walcott, right. those kinds of players that, you know, are surplus to requirements uh, for a reason or they're playing in inferior leagues. Uh, that is the problem. Um, and that's, that is why, as, uh, as you, as we've said here this evening, that is why it's this month is so important for Lampard to find solutions with what he has um, because you know, the, the rest of it's just a wing and a prayer for, 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 for as far as January is concerned. I mean, you hope that, that Kevin Thelwell's got something lined up. But again, it, it's, you've got to get those players over the line at a very difficult time of the, of the season. I wonder if they'll be back for that um, Ben Brett and Diaz, is it? Or, um, Blackburn, uh, they went for on deadline day. But I think he's on, <clears throat> pardon me, I think he's on um, last year, like last sort of six months of his contract. But Blackburn, at the same time, they're like really pushing for promotion. So they're really yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, what they, they might not really necessarily sell cheap. You know what I mean? At the same time as well, we don't really know how much of a gamble it is either. You know what I mean? But they need to, yeah, they need to pull a rabbit out the heart of feels like to me. Um, it's you're, you're going to have to work very hard and uh, on identifying the right player here because it really is that important now it, Really, it really could be make or break to us to us staying in the league. It really could be that significant of um, if they get this wrong, get us another Mope. <laughs> I don't really think that's gonna you know that's that's gonna cut it. You know we're gonna need um, someone a lot better than that. We're, we're, we're on our knees begging that Dominic Calvert-Lewin can stay fit. We really are. It's um, his absence is just it, it, it. You can just see the difference it makes. And you mentioned that time under um, Carlo Ancelotti, Lyndon. You're right. We had a fully fit. They played over 30 games that season, scored about mm-hmm. 20 goals, didn't he? You know what I mean? And a lot of them games that season, I mean, a lot of the games this season have been very, very close. Let's ignore the last game, the last two games. Yeah, just the last two. <laughs> Other than that, they've all been pretty close, um, really. And a lot of them games uh, under Carlo Ancelotti were always very, always very, very close, very tight. But we'd, 
we were efficient. We'd get, we'd, we'd be clinical. We'd get the goal, and then he'd, he'd know how to defend the lead. You know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. uh, you'd like to think with Cody and stuff, because we know more how to defend the lead. But again, you have to, you can't ignore the stats of how many chances we're conceding and how many great saves Pickford had to make. So, you know, <clears throat> Cody and Tarkovsky rightly getting a lot of plaudits this season, but we're still giving up an awful lot of opportunities. Um, <clears throat> so we're not shutting up, shutting up as well. I'm not as clinical at the other end, but I watched them. That's the problem in the attacking areas. I watched Man United on um, on Sunday, and they steeped the goal in the last minute. Fulham obviously a bit unlucky, um, but man, you missed about four sitters, to, you know, four really good chances before they scored. Um, did Marshall miss one? And I forget who else. McTominay maybe missed a good chance. Everson missed a really really good. And these, you know, these are okay. McTominay maybe not, but these are really top players. And the point I'm trying to make is that. You can't rely. You can't. If Calvert Lewin misses misses the one chance, the one chance you have all game, and that's all you get, and he misses it, you can't lay into Dominic as people do and say like, "Oh God, he's useless. He's injured all the time," and then he misses that chance. You're like, he has one chance a game. That's it, and you miss it. Whereas man, I see man, you miss. You know, and most teams probably need about three, four chances realistically, apart from maybe yeah. Holland. Most, yeah, most teams, yeah, you know, most most teams players need. You probably need at least twice as many chances as you get as real good chances as you will score. If you know what I mean, so it's a uh, lack of attack, uh, lack of quality in the in the final third. Really is um, a big problem, and maybe we need to get more. Maybe maybe Anthony Gordon might wake up a bit into the second half of the season. Maybe this little break might do him some good, and uh, we can get more out of him. It might sound very very short clutching, and maybe we are. But um, yeah, that's the reality. What if 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 that's what we're going to be going with? Then that's we've got to be looking for answers like that. So yeah, I didn't think it was the case a few months ago. I certainly do now. Um, it's who we sign and um, in 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 January will be key. And I think it might be key to that. Might also be who we can move on uh, to make a maybe a more harmonious squad and to make a bit of money, more money to be able to sign a better player. I.e., can we move on Keane? Can we move on Decore? You know, can we move on Rondon? Yeah, you know I mean. Saying he's a particularly bad egg, but you know, players who just who are just there, not contributing, not doing anything, probably getting frustrated. Mm. You know, it's um, need to be moved on, and you know that we need to get a bit of money back probably to be able to invest it in uh, in more suitable players. Um, there's no, yeah, I mean, in terms of like we mentioned Moyes earlier, of um, the players coming, but uh, the players on the bench there often either like the players would come in, like remember like Pinar came in for example. And the incentive was you come in on the loan and you're a young player and you're hungry and you've got to work your way into the team. And the same went for Arteta, yeah. really. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you need them players. There needs to be an incentive for them players, not just a player who's going to be sitting, sitting around because they're not playing. It's all well and good if you're a top game team in, in Europe, in the Champions League. You need your big squad. So Richarlison can go there, not play every week, but he will play sometimes in the Champions League, sometimes in the league, etc. You need your squads for that. But the way we are, it's got to be... Uh, you know, tried and trusted, and also young, fit, and uh, hungry to prove. So it's a uh, it's a tough balance and act, I guess. And they really got to make sure they get it right. I don't envy him because that's a that's a hard profile to, mm. to to find, isn't it? And we've yeah. seen. You could argue, but again, those summer signings do fit the bill. There, you've got the likes of McNeil, who is young, has got a point to prove. It's a step up, but he's also played a lot of football in the Premier League. Um, you could say that Mope is of that age where he has still got room to develop, but he's also not completely untried and untested at that level. But it doesn't always work, does it? It, it doesn't. For, for every Stephen Pienaar alone, for every Kevin Campbell alone, you will get an El Ghazi. You will get someone who it doesn't. It doesn't work out. Um, so um, there's there's not that kind of guarantee. And also as well, going back to it, the chances created, that's the thing. We're coming out of this this run of games, um, well, that, that, that stretches back probably to that Southampton game, which was another one that was it was fine margins. We 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 had to rely on a lot of a lot of good saves from Pickford and last minute blocks. And as you say, you, you have to create multiple chances. You can't just rely on one. You come after that game, the the Palace game, notwithstanding. How many real close cut opportunities have we we really had in in, in the two Bournemouth games? Apart from the Damari Gray goal, which is a, a great finish out of nowhere, it's we're not feeling hard done by in that we've created loads of chances. And I think whether Calvert Lewin was fit or not, if 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 whoever is in that focal point of the attack isn't getting the service, and how many times have we said this? 
not going to create chances. So those those half chances that come along, like he, he had the, the moment against Fulham, didn't he, where the ball gets flashed across. People, I can't believe he's not scored. Well, yeah, it's, he's he's not had much practice at trying, has he, really? So yeah. I, think, I think if we can really work on that for whoever is playing up top, come, I mean, come Boxing Day, it will be one of Mopé or Calvert-Lewin, you'd assume, because obviously it's, it's prior to the window opening. There's no guarantee because it's us. It'll be early on in the window if we, if we were to get someone in. So the focus has got to be finding ways to play that will create chances because the, the amount we've created in this run of games, um, those those performances against the likes of Newcastle where we we come away and you, you, you can't remember a single positive moment of that match other, other than what the other side's done and gone God, I wish I wish we had a player who could do that I wish we had the movement that Bournemouth's forwards had I wish we had James Madison in our side all, the, all these other players who think well, that'd be nice wouldn't it um, hopefully we could start looking at what we've got and feel a bit of pride again and at least come away from a game if we play the likes of City and come away and get beat 2-0 but we've caused them some problems and set the cat amongst uh you know, the pigeons and had a moment or two rather than just going, oh, well, another game where we had a shot on target, a P-roller from 30 yards and that was that. We, we, we need more than that. Um, certainly the fans who went out to Bournemouth twice in a week needed a lot more than that. Did they ever? Yeah, I think I put in my article, two, 2.4 shots on target per game we're averaging over the last seven. It's, <laughs> it's nowhere near uh, enough, <clears throat> you know? It's nowhere near enough. And that's the thing, they're not always good shots, are they? They are, some are speculative. Um, well, are... the two at Bournemouth were easy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Uwebi one was a bit of an apology of a shot, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, there was a, you know, that, was, that was never going to be a goal. Um, the way ch- it's annoying, though, the way good chances in them get. I, I mean, again, it goes to Mopé's fuzzy thinker at the moment, early on, when he, I don't know why, he spanned the other way and, it was obviously he was never going to score from the way he moved the way he moved the ball in the first few minutes. He had a good chance, and and then Patterson flashed the ball across way too hard, and nobody was going to get on. And then there was that bit, near, you know, in the second half when we were three down. There's, you know, there was there was a few chances, and then there's obviously had Tom Davis's miss in the third. You know what I mean? So this there's, there's there's one it's one on the one hand it's one thing saying oh yeah, but come on, we're only we're hardly creating anything. But it's I suppose on if you're going to look at it the other way. When you're passing up real sitters like 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 Davis's is probably a real example of like yeah. how do you not score that? You know what yeah. I mean? It's um, that's what's frustrating. And that first goal we conceded at Bournemouth, I like Pickford makes a stupid mistake and it was, it was ridiculous. Really, if he doesn't make that, who knows? It's still nil nil. But I don't know. Could you see in the build up to that? Could you just kind of see it coming? You know what I mean? Like, it was just like a lot of the Mar- the Mar- the weirdest header in field for that in the right straight back into them. And you just felt like we were just so off it. You feel like everybody was just off the pace that for some reason you don't even know why so we started quite brightly. Everyone just seemed to switch off for a sudden. So there's it's easy to pinpoint a certain area. For me, this kind of worries all over the all over the pitch at the moment, really. Um too many chances against, not enough going forward, not enough in midfield. Maybe it's look at changing systems. Bournemouth played quite a simple four four two. Is that that, you know, if, if you're struggling, just go, go like for like everyone knows four four two. It's what you revert to in Carl Ancelotti wrote that in his book. I mean you know, players aren't sure what they're doing. They're a four-four-two. It's yeah, they all know it. They're all comfortable with it. It's simple. You got you know, two wingers. Gay can hold, and Arna can sit in there as well. Or Wobi. You know what I mean? It's um, you know, it's you know, okay. I guess we've only got the one up front. <laughs> we've really, we've only got the mo- mo- pay, but uh... four-four-two with the <laughs> with the false yeah. one. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's that's a worry, isn't it? If it works, if you've got the personnel to do it, I guess Mope and Rondon doesn't really strike fear into the hearts of many defence. So um, it's it, it's making the best of a system. And I, I feel like there's the ingredients of a side there that works, but it's all just a bit of a, a mess, isn't it? It's it's not... it's And, and that is where the book starts to fall with the manager. Um, because I think, I think we said it before about how, you know, we're, we're lacking... We're lacking that player at the top end of the pitch but how many times over the years did we say of a Moy side oh we, we, we just one sign in a way we, we we just need that one striker we just need that that one player um we went often at least 17th and 
starting to look around and, and going, we're probably the, the worst side form-wise in the division. Um, and besides who are low, lower than us in the table at the minute, are bringing in new managers and might get a bounce as a result. That's the that's a concern. Um, and that's where the, the spotlight does start to fall on Lampard. Yeah. And if the system's not working, then confidence the confidence isn't there and i think that's that that is a a large part of it as well as the the sort of lack of confidence um in players in the forward areas but the other thing i mean <laughs> watching other teams um recently so many of them now um you know you look from brighton to i mean even you know even brentford you know they they knock the ball around confidently and they can move the ball around efficiently to a degree that we and as I said, said before, this goes back to when Ancelotti was there. You know, there's 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 there's, there's issues um, in the basics far too often in our play, um, and I think that one of the things that Lampard needs to to work on is getting those uh, forward players like whoever's whoever's playing on the wing in a given game, be it Gordon, Gray, McNeil, getting them more more involved um, in and around the box. In the way that they were against, um, I think the way the away games at Brentford and Leeds, we've kind of gone away from being a counter-attacking team, um, and in our attempts to dictate the match, we're pushing players forward, and as we've said <laughs> a few times on the pod recently, just a gay, you know, marauding into the into the you know the deep side of the of the centre circle in the opposition half. You've got this big space behind him with if Onana's pushed forward, and you know when you look at it. it at, at those basic levels, you can see some of the problems that are, are, are quite glaring. Um, and so going back to I think one of the things that Ancelotti did so well was just made us so difficult to beat. Um, and I feel like we're just not difficult to beat away from home right now. And I think we have the personnel to do it. I mean, you look at Tarkovsky, Cody, Adrisagay, Vitaly Mekalenko, those four players right there is a, is a very, str- very strong defensive elements to have at the back, but we're just too porous. We're giving away far too many chances, far too many shots. Um, and when, as I say, when you when you start to boil it down to those raw elements, there are fixes there, um, and a lot of it is Lampard looking hard in the mirror and saying, what, "You know, what? Where do do I need to compromise my principles again? And how do I do it?" And he's shown he's he can do that already because he yeah. he did that after after the. Poor results, you know, the, the Spurs result last se- season being that watershed moment. And he, he did simplify. It didn't always work because we were a poor aside last year in a in a difficult situation. But he's shown that he can preach those fundamentals and work on it. And that's the thing, isn't it? We, we, we bring in, were we to bring in a new manager, let's say we brought in Sean Dyche, who would do exactly that. Um, it would get results, but I mean, anyone can do that. Um, it's it's quite simple, isn't it? Really, getting the basics of. I, I, I go back to it a lot, but that one of those early videos of the um, uh, Lampard train sessions, and he, he was saying like, "Enjoy the ball," and mm. I, I still don't see us enjoying the ball. It's like a hot potato we just want to get rid of, yeah. which would be fine if, as you say, we we're playing a counter-attacking system because we'd at least be able to break quickly. And I think we've got the players uh, to do that. We've got wingers who have got pace on the break um but when we're trying to dictate the tempo we, we seem to be having more of the ball but we're certainly not enjoying it and as fans we're often not enjoying watching it um, <laughs> enjoying it far too much in front of our own penalty area that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly that's my yeah. <laughs> yeah enjoying playing around in the shallow end when really there's, yeah. there's the rest of <laughs> rest of the pool to enjoy so it's even water slides. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other, the other point I was going to make about you know the, the way that we're actually playing is just the lack of movement uh, mm. up front. It, it honestly, it feels like sometimes we have three fewer players than the opposition at times. When we're going forward, there are just no options. Um, you, you see, time and time again, with Alex Awobi, he's picks the ball that deep and he goes for, and then okay, and then he's almost begging. Someone to you know make mm. make a run you know move and I think yeah you know, when you when you when you look at the the issues that that players like Neil Mope are having is that they're collecting the ball and they're immediately getting seized upon you know, pounced upon by defenders. There's just no there's no space for anyone to operate in. Um, 
and I think you know, obviously, particularly away from home, that's why teams away from home play so much on the break because you then have that space. Um, but if you're trying to, as I said before, dictate the play, then you've got to find ways of of moving that ball efficiently around the pitch um, to create that space. Otherwise, the opposition is not going to give it to you. Particularly the inferior sides are going to try and dig in um, and defend in a, perhaps in a way that we're we're not doing ourselves right now. I think the one word I certainly wouldn't use when Everton got the ball have got the ball is enjoyable. <laughs> it's frustrating, you know, isn't it? Yeah. Um, just looking at Lampard's record, if we want to take it to a kind of I don't know, quite a fundamental level, I suppose he's now taken charge of thirty-eight Everton games, um, which is a whole season's worth of games, uh, and I know. As we've often discussed on this pod, I know that when he arrived at the club, he was simply trying to keep the plane off the ground. Um, so you can't really read loads into it, but it's 12 wins, seven draws and 19 defeats from those 38 games. So if you're going to equate that to a whole season, you'd be on, what, 43 points. Um, one of those games was against Boreham Wood. One of those games was against Fleetwood. <laughs> So I suppose, again, pinch of salt there. His, his mm. win percentage is now, dare I say it, below our, I won't say his name, but b- below our former manager, our previous manager. Um, so what does that say? Does that say that's a, a symptom of the situation that Lampard came into? Or is that still something we should be worried by? It's a bit of both, really, isn't it? I mean, if you look at what he came, what he came into, he described it as you know as a broken team in terms of morale. And as you said, those first few weeks, he's just trying to get his arm around, arms around the project, trying to keep you know, the plane off the ground, as you said. Um, and you can look at some of those games, particularly the um, you know the, the ones the one away at Burnley, uh, the one at Newcastle, to a lesser degree, games where we had the lead and gone in ahead. Um, and then given it up in the second half. I think he would he would say to you, I was learning the um, the psychological mentality problems that existed in that team. Um, and there's the unknown of would we have got those victories at home without the fans? That's that's a, that's a, a kind of a big um, a big element of Lampard's record that's kind of unquantifiable. Uh, and then the other thing I'd say is to, to start this season, he went in with one hand tied behind his back because he didn't have a recognised striker for the first five matches. Um, so I think it's, it's harsh to expect him to to pick up victories in those match in those games. Um, it's it's from it's from this point forward that he really should be judged. And of course, the problem is is we don't have enough that lots of time for him to prove himself. He's got a home game against Wolves, a home game against Brighton, and a home game against Southampton, which takes us to the middle of January. And I think by that point, we'll have a very good idea of whether Frank Lampard should continue as Everton manager. And if he doesn't, then who the hell do we replace him with? I mean, is, is it that stark, do you think? Is it But by the 14th of January when we played Southampton and limped to a one-all draw in the last minute or something. I don't know. I'm making this up. But is it is it that stark that at that stage, if it really doesn't look any better and the results aren't any better, there would be, what, there's four more games under the bridge, three of them at home. Yeah. Is that the point there when we all go, do you know what, to try and save this whole ship from sinking all over again, we're going to have to change it. I think there'll be panic at that point because you know the, the this isn't an ordinary season. Yeah, we'd probably be bottom of the league if 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 that if that happened. If we if we lose to Wolves, say lose to City, then draw with Southampton, if we get one point out of them three. There's Brighton as well. Brighton at home. I'm sorry, I'm Brighton. Yeah, okay, it's one point. If we get a couple of points today, no wins. Let's say out of them out of them games, we'd probably be we likely be bottom of the league. We'd have lost to Wolves. We'd have gone ahead of us, but yeah, by that point. Probably by the time, yeah. But, but if you're talking mm-hmm. four games later, you know what I mean. And um, Southampton as well. If we lose to them or don't beat them, that's you know they're, they're around there and we'll be around there. 
You know what I mean? So we wouldn't be far off bottom. We'd certainly be in the relegation zone, without without doubt. You know what I mean? If if if, if that happened, um, so yeah, I mean the knives would be the knives would be out then. Depends on I don't know. It might depend a bit more on performance than result, I suppose. If you if you're seeing if if you're seeing some genuine progress and opportunities and a bit of hard luck in them games, then um, yeah. But if it's if it's like the way. Well, if it if it continues where the last game went, went if if if, that, if that's the performance level in the next few games, then well, nobody could really argue, could they? If that's the, if if it plunges that low, you know what I mean? I just, yeah. yeah, I think I think there'd be panic by that point. I think um, from top to bottom, the Premier League this season is as strong as I can ever remember it being. Um, that, you know, we're struggling to, to think of a candidate team that, that looks certain for relegation. If you were to put your money on down now, you'd say Forest, um, possibly Leeds, but Leeds have got Leeds have got attacking players. They've got speed. They've got tenacity. They've, they've got a, a, a spirit in the side that we don't have on a, on a consistent enough basis. And I think if you get to that Southampton game with three really um, winnable home games gone, and you haven't picked up a win in any of them, then um, you're looking at what are we by that point? Halfway through the season, we've still got to play Arsenal twice. We've still got to play City again. We've still got to play Liverpool again. We've got to go. Got to go to Manchester United. Um, it's I, I, and, and yes, we've got to go to Chelsea as well. I think there will be. I think there'll be panic, but I don't know what. I don't know what the solution at that point would be. Because any any new man, we'd be back to again. Because it would actually be the same point mm. in the season as last season when we sacked um, Benitez halfway through January, and you've got the new person has to come in and get results quickly and get enough of them to keep us up. Well, you don't want them to <clears throat> let Frank or, let let Frank spend his money and then sack him. You know what I mean? Or, you know, okay, it's not Frank spending money, it's more Phil well, you know what I mean? But like, uh, you yeah. know, it's, is that what you want? You know what I mean? It's just, and then you kind of, we're, we're, back on that, we're back on that cycle again, aren't we? You know, to spend the money, you know, you know, the money to be spent before the new manager comes, if that's what you're going to do. So, that's a tough one, isn't it? You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's just sack him now. Um, it's got, but, yeah, I don't know who, and who would come in? <laughs> I'll be literally probably talking Sean Dyche or, Big dunk, yeah. You know? <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? Like, is that is that what we're, yeah? You know I mean, what's what's realistic? Yeah, you know I mean, in terms of who who would be coming in, then you know, they, don't, they don't get more realistic than those two, but they probably don't do. They know. <laughs> there's, there's there's not. A, I think gone are the days that we could bring in a Ancelotti level manager at this time in a season uh, to save the day. I think it would be a very pragmatic choice, and. You could argue Lampard last year was the pragmatic choice, but only because the alternatives were bizarre and untested. Whereas, mm. were they to make that decision now, it would probably be it would be another Sam Allardyce esque appointment, wouldn't it? It would be let's get points on the board. I hope it doesn't come to that sort of decision, but based on that nightmare scenario where I was mentally grasping for weeds as we rolled down the hill together, I, you, you, you do start to think, where, where, where is that end point? And it, it probably is around that time in January where, where that to unravel because he'd have had so much time to try and fix it. Don't, don't forget that Roberto will be done with the World Cup by the time January rolls around. So <laughs> there's your solution for Bill. <laughs> Getting Alcaraz as a set piece as coach, and yeah, just <laughs> get the, get the old gang back together. <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, just again, looking at in, I know it, it's it's much more difficult and much more nuanced and all the rest of it than this. Um, Benitez had, by my reckoning, Benitez had 19 points after 19 games, which is halfway through the season. Frank Lampard's got 14 from 15. Now, I, I am not one to compare those two scenarios. I'm not. I'm literally just doing it in terms of points here and how the course of a Premier League season might go. Um, so we've kind of almost got a bit of catching up to do, even to get to where we were last season halfway through. In that respect, I know a lot of things mm. are better. I know, a, yeah. you know, it's 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 potentially kind of wavering on a, a an even keel rather than nose diving. But 
it's um it is it does put it into some kind of perspective i guess the difference with that is benitez started strong with a couple of easy games didn't he and then it really fell off a cliff whereas although there've been some pretty awful patches of form so far it has ebbed and flowed between the odd nice ish moment so yeah. i th- i think there there was there was a logical decision there because we you you could easily point it to earlier games um i don't know the, the brentford away game last year would have been a point where i think a lot of people realized that wasn't going to work with benitez um but we persisted with it i think the situation with Lampard is a bit different for some reasons you said as well, Lynn, about a lack of a striker at the start. But you could say Benitez and Sands were tied because he didn't really have any money to spend that summer. So, yeah, I see both sides of it. The parallels are there a lot of it, if you're going to be fair to Rafa uh, Benitez and that. Well, he started, well, he started the season with uh, with a, a fit and five in Calvert-Lewin and the Charleston. Um, and then did he win his first three or won, won his first one two and drew one or something like that. It started well anyway, and then obviously Dominic Cavalu and got injured, and then the Charles got injured a bit later, and uh, and there goes the same issue that Frank Lampard's got now um, of you know no one to put the ball in the net. I mean there was again problems all over the pitch again on the on, on the Rafa Benitez, but it's it's a real headache if you haven't got a goal scorer, if you haven't got a way of scoring goals, which we haven't. It, 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 it's tough for any manager and. Um, yeah, I guess the only difference would be like a Sean Dice might just go, okay, keep you so you might keep you solid and you might nick a goal. I don't know, but if you if Dominic can get fit, it's a big if. You know, gone, I can get a run of games. Yeah, I mean, it's. <clears throat> I'd, I'd, I'd apply caution because I don't want us to panic on the base. If, if we'd have beaten Bournemouth say on Saturday, you know, what I mean, I'd, you know, you'd probably be just like, oh, okay, phew, that's a relief. Okay, I mean, I mean we, wouldn't, we wouldn't really be thinking this, but you know, based on the, the previous games, you'd be like, oh, okay, phew, that. Oh, that'll do, yeah, like, and yeah, and and that'll be it. It's you know, on it's does it just go to one, one awful performance? Yeah, you know I mean, because to my memory, there's only really been one awful performance. Yeah, you know I mean, and uh, I think the rest, right, by by no means have the rest been. You know, a lot of the other defeats been uh, been been perfect, or or can they be perfect if the defeat but or good? But like the, but you know, you know, you know what I mean. But that's the only one when he thought, and you know, let's discard the cup one. So he made so many changes. It's the only one which I've looked at and thought that was awful. Leicester, Leicester was a bit was where, where we started just in, to get Just a bit in worried. terms of yeah, just in the terms of the way that we played and the fact that we just had no answer to them. Yeah, we were pretty poor against Leicester, but I mean, I just thought like a good team at home, and you know, could have taken the lead in that one into maybe a different story. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, I think I think what you're finding as well, it's like uh, we're starting to make more mistakes at the back. Is, is probably the problem as well, which which are yeah. leading to goals. Yeah. Odie against Leicester, uh, Pickford against uh, Bournemouth, and then you one down. Yeah, I mean, and, and then uh, and 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 then it's and if you're not scoring goals, that leads to the problem. So that's not a bad place to start, I suppose, is it? Just um, tighten up them, tighten up them, uh, them, them defensive errors, and we've got the players to do that. And hopefully, we can just sort that out first, at least. You know, what I mean, it just 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 get to defend them well again, and then um, yeah. hopefully the best just comes. That was almost comforting. <laughs> <laughs> there were two errors against Bournemouth in the cup. Um, that mm. loose header in midfield by Damari Gray. Um, there was a little um, attempted flick right by the uh, touchline in the danger area by Nathan Patterson. And it's just these small things that are putting us in trouble. Um, I think there was obviously the, the clearance, was it the lack of a clearance by Connor Cody for um, Tielemans' goal? against Leicester. We're creating our own problems. And obviously, if, if we're under more pressure, then that's going to happen. But you, know, you need to, if you can stamp out some of these errors, you know, you, you reduce that's the number it. of goals we're conceding. It's, it's, sometimes it's that simple. Yeah, exactly. And the players are capable of doing that. You know, the, 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 yeah. good, the good defenders, I mean, that was an annoying one as well. Not, I mean, it, the game should have been stopped. We know that because their talk obviously was injured. But Parsons should have seen that ball out of play. He, sh- he shouldn't allow the yeah. Billing to get a nick on that and keep that ball alive there. That was that, that, that was really poor. You know what I mean? So um, making mistakes and, uh, and and the cost of us. And let's be fair, if defenders are making that mis- their mistakes at the other end of the pitch in our favour, we're probably not capitalising either. You know I mean, it, it, a lot, a lot of the times we're just, we're just so blunt at the other end. So um, let's tighten up at the back, get that sorted, get that player in, 
come on balls the crowd are there with the blue smoke and everyone's go yeah you know, <laughs> everyone's bouncing down Goodison Road and uh yeah and uh fully fit Carvalho Lewin and fires home the winner that day and we're all happy again Thanks, Happy Christmas. <laughs> I like I like that. Let's 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 end it right there. <laughs> that, I mean, that's going to send me send me away for for a week. I think into the World Cup with a, with hope <laughs> and an optimism. <laughs> Uh, we are not really on any schedule for the break, but as I said uh, at the outset, we have uh, a few uh, topics and specials that we're going to do while the World Cup is on. Uh, so yeah, keep uh, keep tabs on us uh, while the World Cup's on. If uh, you're going to watch it, enjoy the uh, whatever feast of football if they're allowed to have a feast in Qatar to <laughs> to serve <laughs> us up. And uh, in the meantime, yeah, Is enjoy. Anyone- uh, What's that? Has anyone got any? Uh, has, anyone, has anyone got any tips for the World Cup? Has anyone uh, got any uh, any any predictions? I did the I did the nerdy sort of wall chart and mapped out the winner. Um, as I do every, uh, it worked for the Euros. Uh, I uh, managed to uh, successfully predict Italy to win that. And I've got so uh, who was I've it? Neville, uh, Netherlands got the Dutch. Really? Um, yeah. Wow, interesting. Dutch, so, yeah. So, yeah. A lot made a put a lot of flutter on that. So. Um, yeah, let's see. <laughs> Just because I fluked it with Italy doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean they're going to win. But I'd yeah. kind of like Messi to get it with Argentina just for that romantic thing. Plus, it'll be just one a poke in the eye for Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, which I would enjoy so much. <laughs> yeah, he needs one, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, if it helps, yeah. I had the Dutch to beat Portugal in the final, so that would uh, ah, Ronaldo's up to that one more time. So. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> no, nice. no, no need to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> all right we will end it there so uh we'll speak to you next week until then take care blues 